Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. You're listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. Covering Mississippi State sports like nobody else. Sports Talk Mississippi's Brian Haydad, along with Robbie Falk from 24-7 Sports, give you an inside look at the Bulldogs on the field, the court, and the diamond. Now, get ready for Thunder and Lightning. Ladies and gentlemen, this is future Brian reporting to you from the future. Now, I know what you're thinking. Normally, I come in at the end of the show. But the guys could not have known what I know. So here's how today's going to work. We're going to be a little backwards today. I'm going to come here at the front of the show and at the back of the show. It's a future Brian sandwich. A lot going on. This is Thunder and Lightning here on Super Talk. You're going to hear that again just because of the nature of, of the news today. Let's dive right into it. Brian will cover the first part of the ad reads. I'll get the second part of the ad reads in the second part of the show where I come back. A lot going on. Zach Arnett's the new head football coach at Mississippi State. You know, I'd like a little heads up on these things, guys. You know, could just I could plan my plan my podcasting a little bit better. Could be a little bit more uh a little bit more efficient in the way we're doing things. But instead, uh news broke today around four o'clock uh central time that Zach Arnett had indeed been named the permanent head football coach at Mississippi State, will be given a four year contract. And <coughs> will be given a four-year contract and will be the Bulldogs' head man going forward. Obviously, this means there'll be some staff changes because a spot has opened up on the staff now. Uh, I would assume that will go the way of a new offensive coordinator, uh, but we will have to wait and see uh, about all of that. But a move that is... If it can be surprising and not surprising at the same time, then it is. That's exactly what it is. Uh, that, that Mississippi State made the move for stability. They made the move for continuity. And I think they made the move that a team that is in pain needed to have made. Now, sometimes those kind of moves don't pay off. You know, you think about short-term versus long-term. But... And I've said this a few times. If you believe that Zach Arnett is going to be a future star as a head coach, go ahead. Go ahead and do it. Go ahead and pull the trigger and get him in there and put him to work. I think that Zach Arnett has all the tools to be an outstanding head football coach at Mississippi State. He's got a great staff around him. Uh, he's about to have a new athletic director. He's got great fan support who are coming through for him on the NIL front. He's got everything you need to be successful. And now, you know, we, we, we've been talking about 2023 so much and how I think that can be a big year. I think Mississippi State this time around has made the hire that should keep things in place for that. Now, they got to go out and get a, a play caller for sure. But right now, nothing, is, nothing makes me think that I, I, my, my prediction for a big 2023 for Mississippi State shouldn't stay in place. I won't go so far as to say this was the right move. You can't say things like that with certainty. You do have to see how it plays out. Can you say it was the smart move? I think you can say that. 
because there is something to be said about getting it taken care of now. Early signing day in the portal have just ramped up the intensity of, of coaching hires. And when you have a vacancy, you, you just have such a small window before you, you can't, you know, you have to get your players in. And I understand people are talking about, well, you don't make these kind of decisions just for one recruiting, recruiting class. And I agree that you shouldn't. But one tanked recruiting class can kill your program for years. And I know the portal makes it a little bit easier to fix guys, but if you take, if you you have a bad class, if you have a class that's in the 50s or something because nobody wants to sign with you because they don't know who the coach is, that can tank you. And you've got visitors coming in this weekend. You've got kids committing. They they need they deserve to know. So I like Arnett. I think he's a good coach. I think this can work. It's a gamble. But when you're Mississippi State, every coaching hire you make in football is a gamble. You've never made a sure thing in your life. Think about the coaching hires of just let's let's go back to Jackie. Jackie was a gamble. You know, he had been out of the game for a little while. And yeah, he had won big at Texas AM and at Pitt, but could he win big at Mississippi State? Nobody ever had before. There were there was a risk there with Jackie Sherrill. You didn't know. Obviously, with Kroom, there was a huge risk there. He had never been a head coach before, hadn't coached in college in in so in decades. It blew up in your face. Mullen was a risk. He had never been a, a head coach at all. Had followed Urban Meyer around his entire career. You know, there was the, you know, is it Meyer or is it Mullen? We found out it was probably both of them. It worked out. Moorhead, on paper, looked like a fantastic hire, but it was still a risk, and it didn't pay off. Mike Leach was a risk. Can his system translate to the SEC? Can Mississippi State become a pass-first team? It seems to have worked out, but it's still a risk. And now you take a risk here. I said this on Sports Talk, and I'll say it again. Every successful head coach in America right now was a first-time head coach at one time. That's not to say that Zach Arnett is the next Nick Saban or the next Brian Kelly or anything like that. But all those guys, they started somewhere. So Brian Ke- or Zach Arnett starts with the Mississippi State. He'll coach the bowl game. And then he'll coach the 2023 season, and you're just going to see how it goes from there. The good news is, this is like I said, it's, it's, this is the time of the portal. If it doesn't work, if you get to 2024 and it's just it's not going the way you want, you move on. You pay his buyout and you move on. You bring in a new coach, you work the portal, and you get players. Simple as that. But if it does work, then you've got a young, fiery football coach to build your program around. You can pay him big money. You know, Ole Miss is paying uh, Kiffin $9 million a year. You don't think State could find $8, $9 million a year? Absolutely they could. Absolutely they could. So we'll see. We'll see how it goes. My 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 gut feeling, and I, I'm a guy, you know, make a gut joke if you want, but I tend to believe, believe you know, my first the first instinct is usually the correct one. Whatever you feel, whatever you think when you hear a question, or, or, or a statement, you know, whatever it is, first off, that's usually the correct response. My, my gut instinct is that this was a, a good move for Mississippi State. It'll help them keep continuity. And I think Arnett is a winner. I think he's a good coach. He'll put good people in place around him. And I feel Mississippi State will continue to build off the success that Mike Leach left them. That's my opinion on this one. I think State, did, I think State made the right – I don't know if they made the right decision. I think they made a smart decision, though. 
Did they make the right decision? I'll, I'll, if you allow me to quote Dan Mullen, oh, well, check back with me in five years. We'll see how it goes. All right. I'm going to leave now. Then I will be back. We'll have a lot more detail about this when Robbie returns on Friday uh, for that podcast. We'll talk in greater detail about Zach Arnett, the new head coach of the Mississippi State Bulldogs. Until later in the show, this is future Brian. Back to you guys. This is Thunder and Lightning here on Super Talk Mississippi. Brian Haydad and Robbie Falk here with you on a Thursday morning. Thanks for joining us at supertalk.fm or wherever it is that you get your podcast from. We appreciate all you guys out there. Our great listeners, especially our servicemen and women out there taking care of us. I want to thank our sponsors at Strange Brew Coffee House and Churn and Spoon Ice Cream. Start your day the right way. The trip to the drive through at Strange Brew Coffee House here in Starkville or at Brupolo over in Tupelo. Feels good to say this, Robbie, but it would be a little weird if uh, Brupolo, where should I pick from today, was in Golden. Uh, yes. The Golden are. Brew. That's that's not a bad idea, you know. But yeah, it would be weird. Wherever Strange are, brew is golden. It is. It is. Excuse me. Wherever you are in our great state, you need Strange Brew Coffee every morning, and you can't make it to Starkville or Tupelo. Just go to strangebrewcoffeehouse.com. They can ship it right to your door. Whatever kind of coffee machines on the counter in your house, we got you covered at strangebrewcoffeehouse.com. College Corner and collegecornerstore.com is the place to find the maroon and white merchandise you're looking for this holiday season. Still time to shop at either of their two locations in the Jackson area. They're originally by Fleet Feet or Flowed by the Half Shell. It may still be time to ship as well. So if you want to shop online at collegecornerstore.com, you got a lot of great options there. Shirts, hats, polos, sweatshirts, hoodies, and of course everything you need for the house and the car. They've got it all at College Corner. Restaurant Tyler is Starkville's flagship restaurant it's the best in town the best place for lunch the best place for dinner the best place for drinks is the guest room the best place for drinks in the cotton district has been 612 so you know they got it they kind of got you covered uh in the eat local startable group and don't forget this holiday season to check out miracle under maine that's going all the way through christmas eve uh at the guest room they've turned it into a winter wonderland down there you can enjoy some great cocktails and a great atmosphere at the guest room here in starkville Firehouse Subs, it's a place to grab lunch today. Download the free Firehouse Subs app. Place your order online. It's ready within minutes. And you can eat lunch and get rewards at the same time. And don't forget this holiday season. If you want to bring something different to your Christmas party, a Firehouse Subs party platter can be a difference maker for you. Locations in Starville and Oxford, Columbus, Tupelo, Floyd, Madison, Firehouse Subs. We're going to try to get back to normal today. We're going to try to talk some sports. And I feel like uh, the easiest way to do that is just to jump right in with a song. So, Robbie, if I'm correct, State has picked up three commitments since we last played the song. Because I don't think we ever did it for for Bryce Pollock. Um, nor do I think we did it. I could be wrong. It may be more than three. I don't know that we did it for Jaden Hobson, but that's that's a ways back. So we'll we'll we'll, we'll, we'll Jaden will just have to you know live without it. You got to be staying on your game here. Well, so much has happened. A lot of things have happened, you know. Um, so let's start with Pollock, who's a a prospect that stated had had been working on 
for quite some time. Uh, looks like he just got a little bump from 24 seven, uh, recently six foot, 175 pound corner out of Snellville, Georgia, Shiloh high school, flipped him from the university of Pittsburgh. And he's got a pretty good sheet of offers. DB recruiting with Darcel McBath has been, you know, the first year or so it, w- it was a struggle. There's no question about that. It feels like McBath is starting to come into his own a little bit and starting to get the kind of guys he wants to target. Yeah, I like some of these guys. I like, I really like Bryce Pollock, physical defensive back. Um, of course, comes from a talent rich state in Georgia. So, you know, you're going to get a guy that's played against some good players, some good competition over the years. Good sized kid. Looks like he's going to be bumped up to a four star soon by 247. So, I mean, this is the kind of guy that, that you go after. It reminds me a lot of when Mississippi State was able to get uh, Martin Emerson. Um, you know, a lot of similar offers, kind of the same range as far as his uh, ranking is concerned. And in some cases, a lot like Emerson as far as his build a little bit. Um, I'm not ready to say he's going to be an NFL cornerback yet, but he certainly looks like a guy that is going to help Mississippi State, I think. Hold off on my hype train, Robbie. My God, the guy just started. He hadn't even played a snap yet. Did I not say that I'm not saying he's going to be an NFL cornerback? Robbie, my goodness, you're setting unfair expectations. Oh, my goodness. Um, So, anyway, I like what they're building there in, in the defensive backfield, and they need to have some reinforcements there with what they're losing, of course, in Emmanuel Forbes and uh, some of the safeties as well. So don't know what his impact will be next year, but he's certainly a player that's, that looks like he's probably going to be in the top half of the class for Mississippi State this year. Yeah. Then on last weekend, on a Saturday, Mississippi State picks up a commitment from Amari Smith, a big offensive lineman from Brookhaven, Mississippi, 6'7", 295. Paul Jones said he felt that those measurements were pretty accurate. Robbie, this is an offensive tackle. This is this is you know state has finally got a guy that you don't have to talk about shifting inside. That's the frame and the build of a future offensive tackle, you would think. Yes, and I think it kind of boiled down that last high school offensive lineman being between Amari Smith and Kobe Keenum. I like this pickup better. Just my um, opinion. Mm-hmm. The potential that you have here, you, you know, state no. You just don't want any of Brandon Walker's relatives on the on the roster. Let's just be honest about that. No, no, no. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not saying that. But you have a big six seven guy closing in on three hundred pounds. Looks like he has tremendous upside, and um, really looked like he was playing the part on um, last week's and in, in last week's All Star practices. So. State and Ole Miss both get on him late. I mean, this could be another gem coming out of the state of Mississippi on the offensive line. A lot of these guys are, are kind of late bloomers or they, they fly under the radar. You don't really know about them. And when they get into college, they really start to blossom. And I think he's one of those that he could uh, fit that role for Mississippi State moving forward. Certainly a guy that has all the tools and all the measurables to be a, a good one. And it, it does look like offensive tackle is probably a spot – Mike can play guard if if you need him to, but I think offensive Six, tackles. Seven, yeah, yeah, think I think offensive tackle is probably where you want him. It looks like this this particular class they really focused on height. If these numbers are correct, Joe Crocker, will you help my friends? Uh, six <laughs> foot six. Zay Alexander's listed at six. 
<laughs> Say Alexander listed at six seven. Mari Smith listed at six seven. Uh, Malik Ellis, six foot five, really lean guy. He's got some weight to put on uh, for sure. And then you go down to Jaden Hobson. He's six foot five. I mean, these are big offensive linemen, big kids right now that are going to, when they get into that weight room, you know, they're going to turn into to big men, big meaty men slapping meat. <laughs> yeah. But that's kind of what has, it seems to be Mason Miller's. Uh, yeah. His M- MO a little bit. Yeah. And, and maybe Mike Leach too. Uh, but just because you look at some of these guys that they got coming down the pipe here. I mean, last year they had Jackson Cannon, who's 6'5", 315. Um, of course, Dollar Bill is not one of theirs, but I think Dollar Bill is a guy that they would have recruited had they been here, and he's 6'7". Yeah. Um, and so, you know, Percy Lewis, 6'8", Albert Reese, 6'7", Lucas Taylor from last year, 6'5", Jackson LaHue from last year, 6'5". So yeah. it, it looks like they're building a giant offensive line uh, moving forward. And even, you know, the center prospects are good-sized kids that they've brought in. So uh, it, it looks like State is is building a kind of a fortress up front uh, with their offensive linemen. And, and um, you know, I, I think that Malik Ellis has a, the potential to be a big kid as well. He just right now he's so lean. He's just like Charles Cross. Yeah. Coming out of high school. Charles Cross was like this as well. Very lean. Needed to put on some weight. And uh, I think that's going to happen for him. So I think these guys are going to be big physical offensive linemen. They're going to be uh they're going to get their hands dirty. They're they're not afraid to to fight in the trenches. So uh, I'm excited to see. I mean, Stephen Lasoy. I was talking about the center. Stephen Lasoy is six four, three ten. Yeah, another good size ten. Good size kid that's probably going to be your center next year. So you're looking at an offensive line next year that's going to be six three plus across the board. Nick Jones probably going to be your smallest guy. Yeah. We got to talk about this kid just so we can tell this story. But a punter from Australia, Keelan Crimmins, commits to Mississippi State. We have to tell the story of Paul Jones talking to this kid because can you imagine two more different accents in the world than this Australian guy who it did indeed answer his phone and send a text saying, good day, mate. Yes. And then Paul and- Jones, that deep Grenada drawl of his, <laughs> I would have paid money to heard this phone call. And, you know, I even talked to Mike Leach about that when we were in there, uh, when Leach came in there, and I said, uh, Mike, can you believe he t- he actually told Paul good day, mate? And he was like, oh, yeah, that's a thing. <laughs> they actually do that. And I was like. It's crazy. I, I thought this was just on movies. I did. Like, I thought it was just like a stereotype. It's not. It's yeah, that's what they really the guy say. actually text Paul good day, mate, and said it to him on the phone. And Leach yeah. was like, yeah, 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 That's they, they do that. Crazy. I would pay money to hear the phone call between an Australian guy and Paul Jones. I, I really do. That's what I was telling Paul. Like the the difference in the dialect between those two couldn't be was more just. Stark. I mean, like, and it, you know, like it, it was like early in the morning in Australia. It was like nine o'clock yeah, we, over here. We were looking at that. We were like, okay, it's it's this time now. What time is it over there? And it was like nine a.m. Sunday. <laughs> when it was 9 p.m. Uh, or 8, 8 p.m. Saturday in, in Starkville. So. Yeah, because Paul had, like, texted his trainer or something. He was like, yeah, yeah, no, we'll, we'll set something up. But you do realize it's, like, 4 a.m. here, right? And then yeah. Paul had texted him, like, 
you know, five or something. I don't yeah. know the time differences, but it's big. Yeah. Yeah. But, but anyway, the kid, the I know kid nothing about like, the kid as a player, but I do know that for the most part, everybody who's brought a punter from Australia, that guy has been a good punter. So we're, I'm just going to assume that train will keep running. And, and he looks like kind of a renegade. You know, there's a picture of him with like some older woman, like flipping off the camera and stuff. Yeah. Like he's got kind of that, uh, that, that mentality. He might be like the, well, dude let's be that, honest. He looks 38. He, he basically is. He's like yeah. 25. Yeah. Um, but, and he played like Australian rules football. So like, no, there's no you know telling what they do in that. You know, he's tough. Yeah. But he, maybe he'll end up being like uh, the old Miss punter that Brian Scott Rippey just absolutely like adores. Yeah. Maybe he'll end up being like that guy. Cause that guy would like run down the field and like take you out. Yeah. I was hoping the state a few years ago would get that dude that went to Miami that was like tattooed from his neck, like all the way down his yeah. arms. Yeah. Uh, all right. And then we wrap it up here with the return of Radar, Radar Radarius Jones, Radar Jones from Horn Lake, Mississippi. You might remember you might remember him from a certain press conference that a certain recruiting writer went to thinking that two certain players were going to Ole Miss and neither one did. Uh down in LSU maybe, for a couple years. Maybe some of those certain uh, writers or whatever should listen to more people instead of just their let's own just, people. Let's just I mean everybody said everybody everybody was saying Cam Akers was going to uh, Florida State. Everybody was saying that radar was going to LSU, but for some reason people drove to Horn Lake, thinking they were they were the only ones that were correct on that. Correct. So anyway, now he's back at Mississippi State. Was suspended last year. Was it academics? Is that correct? Yes. Okay. And now back at it. If nothing else, this guy looks like he can be a good depth piece for Mississippi State. But State needs players back there in the secondary. I mean, they they lost three starting safeties. They lost a starting cornerback. They need players back there. This guy fits the bill. I mean, really talented kid. I mean, we watched him in high school. I watched a lot of him. He was a quarterback, of course, in high school at Horn Lake. They won the state championship. I mean, you had him and um, N'Kobe Dean, and you had two other SEC guys, I think, on that roster too. Um, So, uh, you know, he was a guy that really flashed in high school because he was so athletic, but he had to transition to the defensive side of the ball in college, and he hasn't been able to really – firmly lock himself in on that side of the ball. And in fairness, he's at a school that is basically DBU uh, at LSU. So, it's, I mean, it's not going to be easy to get on the field. But it's definitely a little bit of a risk. Um, but I say risk when you have – you're going to have some scholarships open. you got yeah. an opportunity to, to take a chance on a guy that's that talented. He hasn't been able to, to really do anything yet because – for one, he's had some injuries, and secondly, he had the the academic situation that that kept him out this past year. So maybe a new start, maybe a, maybe new opportunities kind of brings it out of him. We'll see, but I don't see a real problem with taking him when you can probably open up a scholarship somewhere across the roster. I mean, somebody's going to leave that's going to have an open uh, opportunity. So I don't see an issue with it. Um, and it's an opportunity, too, for him to come home and, and come back to Mississippi. And now this weekend, I mean, like I said, we've been talking about this. I don't know how you're recruiting this weekend. 
You have so much uncertainty. But they're bringing in a couple of transfer prospects. Number one on that list is a guy. I mean, we so we talked, we sat here and talked about this about a year ago today, and that's Kamari Rogers. That ended up, you know, Mississippi State felt like up until the last minute they had him. He ends up sticking with his commitment to Miami. But what happens? He doesn't enjoy it there, and now he's headed back to Mississippi. All indications are that he will be also be a bulldog on signing day. Is that correct? Yeah, leaning that way. And this is uh, – I mentioned this on the board several times, but I mentioned it here. This is why you continue to recruit guys all the way to the end because, quite frankly, we all saw this coming, that this was going to eventually be the, the, the end game. They're, State was either going to get him last year or they were going to get him this year or the next because I, I really did not see him sticking with Miami. And that was proven correct. Mm-hmm. That's why you recruit Dante Dowdle down to the to the signing day, um, just in case something ever happens with him. I mean, we saw Trey Benson go up to Oregon, and he leaves after a couple of seasons. And now he's killing it at Florida State. So you never know. So you got to keep those relationships uh, with how the transfer portal is now. And Kamari rehabbed last year, uh, so thanks to Florida State for taking care of that. And now you get a guy that's that's ready to go, and he's coming into a situation where he can compete for playing time right away. I, from what I understand, he's going to probably end up here no matter what. So I don't think the coaching situation is really going to affect him mm-hmm. as much. But uh, I mean, who knows with anybody else, man? I mean, this is just uh, it's impossible situation right now. Yeah, and let's talk about that a second. We, we kind of went back and forth on this. I know you and I disagreed a little bit, but if you're Mississippi State, do you, do you need to make a decision right now? Do you, do you need to come out and say, if Zach Arnett is going to be the guy, Zach Arnett is the guy every, we're moving forward with this current staff? I mean, it's so difficult to, to, to do with, with no athletic director. You know, you know, an athletic director would like to come in and probably hire his own guy. At the same time, he was going to come into a situation where Mike Leach was the guy. Right. And he was going to have that opportunity anyway. He's so, not going to be tied to the person no matter what. Yeah, I mean... <sighs> I mean, I just... I, I really feel like Mississippi State and Braggy Bread and company need to come in and kind of reassure that the program right now is going to be run by Zach Arnett um, and lock down this signing class... Because all these guys, with the exception of a few, are just kind of in flux right now. I think Chris Parsons seems to be kind of taking initiative, Mm -hmm. uh, wanting to keep everybody together and all that stuff. But it's it's a natural feeling for these players to say, you know, we no longer know what's going to happen at this program. We signed up for for Mike Leach. And whether or not you signed up for Mike Leach and maybe you committed to these assistant coaches, well, you don't know what's going to happen to them. Right. So it, it really feels like uh, it, it really feels like that you need to probably get behind Zach Arnett and the staff. Uh, I just I don't see any way with no AD that you're going to be able to successfully hire a uh, a coach that you want to hire at this stage uh, and also keep everything together because you still got the transfer portal to hit and that you know time is ticking on that. Yeah. You still got to lock this class in. I mean, this is a very important time for Mississippi State. And there's probably a lot of kids that don't really know what's happening right now. I'm sure 
I'm sure the coaches can try to reassure as much as they can, but I mean, who knows if they know what's going on right now. So to me, it's probably the best thing possible for Mississippi State at this current state to just lock in with Zach Arnett and the staff and move forward from there. I feel kind of biased because I like Arnett, and I do think he's going to be a head coach someday. But this, this, is a t- this was a tough first job. Your first job as a head coach is, a, is an SEC uh, job. We saw what happened. I mean, Moorhead had a little bit of head coaching experience, but we saw what happened. Now, Mullen's the opposite. Mullen came in and, and was able to, to build up a program. So you're asking yourself, do you have Mullen or do you have Moorhead with Zach Arnett? Yeah. Um, and it's it's definitely get, a risk. It's definitely a risk. I, you got to get a good offensive coordinator in. And I agree. think you, you got to go outside for that. I don't. I don't agree with the idea of Hollingshead or Spurrier being the. No, player. I've. You know, initially, you know, that was kind of my. Like, and if you can find a guy, the name that popped up game. a little bit is is Seth Latrell. I like Seth that Latrell, idea. Zach Kidley. I like Latrell for two reasons. One, he's got air raid background, but two, former head coach, somebody yep. that 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 Arnett could lean on a little bit, along with somebody like a Tony Hughes. Some and listen, you periods. you can pay that guy good money. Yeah. Because Zach Arnett is probably going to be uh, compensated well for this, but he's not going to be making what, what Mike Leach was making. Right. And you're going to have money there to, to hand out to a really good offensive coordinator if you choose that. And that kind of settles some concerns. And like I said yesterday, I, I really feel like pushing Matt Brock in the defensive coordinator role mm-hmm. would be relatively seamless. I, I agree. I've, I have a lot of faith in Matt Brock. Yeah, I like Brock too. And, so. and Zach Arnett is there as a safety net as well. So to me, that's just the best way to handle this situation in his current state because, again, this is uncharted territory. This is not your normal timeline that we see with coaching changes and things like that. Yep. This is something that's that hasn't happened. The devil's advocate to all this, Robbie, is this. With the transfer portal, you know, I, I see what you're saying. Like, you want to keep this class together. You want to keep this this group together. I get that. But you can go through a search, and you might have a down year, but you can always come back the next year and fill up in the portal and be okay again. So, you might, but that's that's banking a, a lot. It's a risk, it, but it's also a risk to, to to hire a first time head coach. I mean, there there's no is, there's no guaranteed situation here. There is no guaranteed. I. In in my opinion, just my opinion, I feel like the the uh, best of both worlds is keeping the roster together. Mm-hmm. And if it doesn't work out for Zach Arnett, you reassess in a year with your new AD. Mm-hmm. And I think this is a lesser of two evils there. If 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 neither if neither of those work out, if you know if your roster blows up but you hire a good coach then it's going to take some time to rebuild. If you keep your roster together and you got Zach Arnett and you have a bad year next year, I feel like the rebuild is less with a new coach as it is when you blow the entire roster up. And, and yes, you do have an opportunity to rebuild with the transfer portal, but I don't have a lot of faith that Mississippi State's going to be able to go out there and do and spend all this money and get uh, top-end impact players at all these positions. We just haven't seen that. They've been able to fill some spots with some good players, but I don't know if Mississippi State can rebuild a whole roster that way. Yeah, um, that's just not that hasn't been the Mississippi State way. I don't think it's going to be the Mississippi State way to do it that way. This has been a, a program built on kind of that 
developmental, you know, when your time comes, you hit, you hit it, hit the ground running. And, you know, it's never been about like, and I know the transfer portal is new, but it just doesn't seem like it works at Mississippi state. I agree with everything you're saying, but I can also find reasons to disagree with everything you're saying. That's the, that's the tough decision. You just want to disagree. You just want to disagree with that's me. the tough decision that Dr. Keenum is going to have to make, and then the new athletic director, whenever that hire happens. One last recruiting thing: I found it interesting that Isaac Smith tweeted he was back on campus this past weekend. That was unbeknownst to most people, yeah, uh, including me. That you know, I knew he'd had his official visit last weekend, two weekends ago. He has his official visit coming up to LSU this weekend, but he was back on campus this weekend. That that's got to read good news for for Mississippi State. You got to feel good, even if he makes this visit to LSU, that he's going to end up being a bulldog. I mean, I I kind of shudder to think, you know, like what happens if they don't have the staff in place or whatever. But it means something. And he's been here like double digit times this year. Yeah, well, like he went, he's he, visited. He made every visited, home game, correct? Yeah, I mean, he's visited Mississippi State like three, four times more than anywhere else. Yeah, he's been to LSU, I think, twice now. Mm-hmm. He's been he's been to State every home game, if if not, you know, all but one. Mm-hmm. He's been here. He was and here for camp. He was here in the spring. He was here in the summer. He was. I mean, he obviously loves Mississippi State, and maybe the staff uh, staying around will will lock that in. Maybe it won't matter. I don't. I don't know. This is just a tough deal, but it definitely means something that he was on campus. I agree. We'll see how it pans out. We're one week away, or now, now as you're listening, six days away from National Signing Day. No idea what this is going to look like for Mississippi State. I'm, 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 I'm interested to find out. And, and listen, I, I want to commend this staff for what they're dealing with because any anybody that loses a, a boss – is going to be going through a very difficult time. But Mike Leach was something different to his coaching staffs. And especially this one, I mean, this is a group that largely came with him from Washington State. So this is a very difficult uh, situation that they're dealing with. And at the same time, they're grieving over their coach and having to to run a program by themselves and basically, uh, you know, keep everything – rolling at Mississippi State while not knowing mm-hmm. what the, their future holds. So, um, you know, my thoughts are out to them this week, especially, and, and moving forward, too. Those guys are working their tails off to continue to keep things rolling for Mississippi State, but it's not easy. We'll see how it goes. Six more days for, for until National Sign Day. All right, let's move on over. We're going to have a, bring in future Brian here. He'll handle the ad reads for us, and he will uh, recap what happens in Jackson, Mississippi State uh, versus Jackson State as the Bulldogs look to go 10-0 on the season uh, and uh, continue their, their undefeated run in college basketball. So let's go now to our one and only correspondent here on Thunder and Lightning, future Brian. This is future Brian reporting once again – from the future. First and foremost, let's thank our sponsors, the Mississippi Beef Council, who want to remind you that beef, it's what's for dinner. This weekend, if you're looking at grill, nothing beats the sizzle of beef out there. Steaks, burgers. I tell you today, I saw a video uh, for, from Meat Church for a garlic and herb crusted uh, whole beef tenderloin that they cooked on the smoker, reverse seared. 
Oh my goodness, it looked incredible. The holidays are coming up, Christmas is coming up. That's the time to put a big honking piece of beef on the table and everybody can enjoy it. I hope that you'll do the same and enjoy that this holiday season. Beef, it's what's for dinner. Thanks to our friends at the Mississippi Beef Council. Two Brothers Smoked Meats in the heart of the Cotton District is the place to find smoked southern soul food. Robbie and I were there last week. Guess what? It was fantastic. You'll never believe it, right? Of course it was. So check them out anytime you're in Starkville. Head over to the Cotton District. Grab a seat. Grab some wings. Grab some outstanding smoked southern soul food at Two Brothers Smoked Meats. Great products, great service is what every business promises you. Advantage Business Systems can deliver it, and they have been for 47 years. When you need new technology, you call Advantage Business Systems. And then if you need service, you talk to the same people who made you the sale. No no call centers, no out-of-state consultants, just native Mississippians just like you. Their number is 601-362-9192, or you can visit them online at absms.com. Find out how Advantage Business Systems will help your business do business. I tweeted out a fantastic tweet from the Rogue earlier uh, on um, I guess on Wednesday evening, a brand new collection, a brand new shipment of outerwear from Peter Millar is at therogue.com. These are some outstanding quarter zips here, maroon and white, gray and white, and then it looks like a gray uh, striped one, all with the M over S. Fantastic quality, and of course, the logos that you want. They look awesome. Check them out. That's something that Dad would love to grab this holiday season at the Rogue and the Rogue.com. Don't live the three-stripe life. Shop at the Rogue. Allow me to quote a good friend, a man who is known worldwide for his wit and wisdom, Joel T. Coleman, when I tell you that you can't go undefeated unless you win the first 10. Mississippi State is 10-0 on the season. A tough game down in Jackson a game that Jackson State played really, really well in, led by Starkville uh, native Colty Young, who had a career night, 23 points, including 7 of 11 from three-point range. Can you say rat, anyone? But in the end, Mississippi State just too much for Jackson State, and they win by 10, 69 to 59. The most points MSU has given up all year, 59 points. Uh, Four Bulldogs in double figures, led by D.J. Jeffries. He had 15 points. Tolu Smith with 13 and 5. Eric Reed, a uh, big night for him, 13 points for him, much needed. And then Keyshawn Murphy off the bench. I'll tell you what, give Neil Price some credit on this one. He knew something or he had a premonition. He said that Keyshawn Murphy, when he came into the game, I was listening to it on the radio, he said this is a game that he could make an impact in. This could be a Keyshawn Murphy type of game. Ten points in 12 minutes is, is getting it done to go with three, uh, three rebounds and two assists. Pretty good couple of three-pointers as well for Keyshawn. Really good game for Mississippi State. A game they trailed by as many as uh, six or seven, uh, maybe as many as ten in the first half, uh, but came back to win and now 10-0 on the season. Uh, back in action on Saturday with a chance, a real chance to be 12-0. And a real chance. Now this game and that game against Nichols, they're going to hurt the net a little bit in terms of you know these are not great games. Jackson State is, is a team that they're just their non-conference is killing them. They're one and eight, but they, they've played some decent teams. They played Michigan. They played Indiana. They just got to get into conference play, and then maybe they can get something going. I mean, Mo Williams is a good coach. I think he'll get that that team going. But Mississippi State just continues to move on. Uh, I think they're going to have. I think you guys can correct me if I'm wrong on the math. I'm, I'm not 100 percent sure, but I think that game with Drake 
at, a neutral, at the neutral site will count as a quad two opportunity. State doesn't have any quad twos right now. They have two wins uh, in quad one, which are great. Those are the Utah and the uh, the uh, Marquette wins. And then they have a quad one, one, quad three, and then everything else is quad four. But at the end of the day, think about last year. State had a quad four, quad four loss at this point. So being undefeated in quad four, you know, yeah, that's where the, when you're a power five team, most of your wins in non-conference are coming from that area. The key is to not lose them. And state had some, and Jackson State had opportunities to put this game uh, in a little bit more doubt for Mississippi State, but state continued to battle. Played well. I mean, they got out. State was out rebounded in this game. They turned the ball over 16 times. They only shot uh, 47% for the game. But in the first thir- the first half, they were they were just awful. Uh, where's the, where's the first half stats here? Yeah. Any play, they would just you think they'd just be right here, but they're not. You think they'd just be sitting right here, ready for you to look at them, ready to say, oh, there's there's those stats. But that, not not the case. Not the case. Doesn't matter. State. Didn't play its best game and still got the win by double digits. So good for them. 10-0 on the season. uh, And they move forward to a Saturday game against Nichols. That's going to wrap us up here for Thunder and Lightning. As I said, tomorrow's podcast, when when Robbie gets back with me, we will be able to go a lot more in-depth into what's happening with Zach Arnett and that decision and what went into that decision for Mississippi State to make him the new head man uh, for Mississippi State football. All right, guys, have a great Thursday, and we'll be back with you on Friday. For Robbie Falk, I'm Brian Haydad. Thanks for listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. Mississippi Media Production.